girlfriend, I am so excited for you to meet my friend, Ashley. She has joined me for a conversation today where we are getting real about finding freedom in a couple different situations. So my friend Ashley is a faith-based sober coach where she helps people break free from their unhealthy drinking patterns and ditch the alcohol and the nicotine and to fully embrace a life of sobriety and not hate it along the way. So she talks about her journey and what I want you to get out of today is the similarity that our two groups of friends have. When I saw her and listened to her talk about her heart for bringing freedom to people, I would not have known if she was talking only to her group or also to my friends who were struggling with affairs and infidelity. She uses words like addiction and sobriety and finding freedom and healing And these are also words that you have used when we have talked about things as well. So I hope that you are blessed by today's conversation, that you are encouraged, and that you walk away with the empowerment that you can do this too. It takes some hard work and it takes some accountability and some coaching. But if there is something that you are trying to break free from, friend, you can absolutely do it. Hey mama, welcome to Intimacy After Infidelity. Do you find yourself Googling, can a marriage survive infidelity? Or what's the first step to divorce? Do you wake up full of hope, only to end the day with more shame when there's another stupid argument again? Hey, I'm Christina Joy, forgiven daughter of Jesus. I too felt the shame of infidelity and wished someone had a roadmap for how to get out of the mess so I could experience freedom kept telling myself I just needed to try harder to end the affair and fix my marriage until I found I needed Jesus to heal some deep wounds in my heart. Through prayer, lots of research, and developing new healthy habits, I was able to find healing to shed my shame once and for all. Now I'm excited to share everything I've learned with you. So find your safe space and pop in that earbud. Let's rebuild your life and marriage better than it's ever been. One thing that I have always appreciated about friends that I know that have gone through recovery from substance abuse is their reliance on community. They know that they have a sponsor that they can go to if they need help. They know that there is a community that will hold them accountable to what they have asked for and ways that they're growing. And it's also a community that celebrates with them Man, every time someone says they met a sobriety date, I get so excited for them. But you know what, friend? That's not just for that specific community. My goal is to create that community for you as well. Marriage is hard. Being married and the storms of life, all of that stuff is such a challenge. I want to create a community for that as well. So if you are interested, I have just opened up a new Facebook community. It is a private group. It is confidential. You can post anonymously, but I want it to be a safe space for you to be able to ask for prayer if you need it, to be able to ask for wisdom or ask your question honestly and get some good godly advice for feedback. 
But I also want it to be a place where we can celebrate, where we can come share our wins and things that we are learning and encourage each other along the way. So I would love to have you join our community. So I invite you to head over to Facebook and you can type in facebook.com slash groups slash intimacy after infidelity. But I would love to have you in there to cheer you on, to encourage you, and to take our conversations to the next level. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Ashley. So we first met in a business coaching program where we were both creating, you know, our coaching offer and what message we wanted to bring to the world. And it was so fun to watch Ashley grow even in that season um, and for us to connect. And I started to see her messaging sounded, it kind of mirrored some of the things that I was saying. And I thought, I need to get to know her better. What's her story? And you know, why, why do we have similar messages and what, who is the audience that she's trying to reach? So welcome, Ashley. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, what, what are you doing these days? Yeah. Uh, so excited to be here, Christina. Yeah. It was so, it's so cool how sometimes God brings us together in groups like powerhouse that we were in and you can create relationships from that. That's really cool. Um, yeah. My name's Ashley. Um, I'm a certified this naked mind sober coach. Um, I help people find freedom from uh, freedom and sobriety from alcohol and also nicotine. So I have been sober for almost three years. November of 2020 is uh, my official date. And I just celebrated at the beginning of this month, uh, my one year nicotine free also. So I am, um, I do help people with um, both of those substances. Yeah. Well, first, congratulations. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So you mentioned the naked mind. So tell me a little bit more about what that has done for you. How has it helped you? And then, yeah, I mean, what, what could that mean for someone else who's thinking, oh yeah, like alcohol, nicotine, that's something in my world too. Yeah. So what was really cool and sets this naked mind apart from other programs, especially your traditional, say, 12-step program, is you you learn actually about what alcohol and, and any other substance that are generally addictive, um, what they are actually doing to your brain. So you, you get to learn about neural pathways and dopamine and all those things that when you're drinking alcohol, um, that chemical substance, what's that, what that's doing to your brain and body instead of your traditional say way of willpowering alcohol out of your life. Um, I, I have found that a lot of people when I meet them that, you know, they're essentially just trying to quit drinking. Like that's what they're trying to do. They're like, I'm just quitting drinking. And they don't have, they don't have a plan behind that. It's just mostly willpower, will it away. Like my, my alcohol's, you know, I'm blacking out or I, you know, it's, it's hurting my marriage. 
And so they're like, okay, I need to stop doing that. And then they're like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. But there's no plan behind it. And so what's really cool about this naked mind and the methodology behind that is you actually learn, like I was saying, like what it's doing to your brain and what it's doing to your body. And so that's, that's one of the big things that's different than your traditional way of uh, getting sober. So that's really cool. Um, and also, you know, doing it without willpower and getting to the root of the problem, which is what we do in my program, is you you find freedom from the substance. It's not an everyday willing it away. Um, so that's that's really that's a, that that is what sets this naked mind apart from a lot of other programs. So. Yeah, that's so cool. And a couple of words that you said really stick out to me. And this was kind of the connection point that I made when you were using words like addiction and then freedom. And I thought, wait a second, if I just take those two words out of the conversation, those are words that I'm using and words that I've heard other people use as well in their marriage situations and specifically infidelity situations where I have heard many, many women say, it feels or it felt like an addiction and I need to find freedom and how do I get there? And yes, I can't just will it away. Maybe I've tried to get out of my situation and it just hasn't worked. So what is that journey like either for you personally or this, the naked mind method of what's that like to be able to identify, yes, this is an addiction. And then how do we find freedom from that? Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, so what I was saying, I find a lot of people trying to quit. Um, it's almost like when you're almost saying you're, when you say you're trying to quit something, there's almost, there's almost a piece left for failure. I don't like that word, but in this case, it's like, oh, I'm trying to say, let's put it in a different habit form. Like I'm trying to go to the gym more. Okay. So if you're just trying to go to the gym more, if you don't make it to the gym more, eh, well, I didn't make it to the gym, whatever. Okay. So with just trying to quit drinking, you're almost leaving room for it not working out versus say training again, back to the gym example. If you, if you're training for a marathon, you're going to buy the right shoes. You're going to maybe hire a trainer. You are going to have your electrolyte companies on your fanny pack when you're running. You're training for the marathon. So I like to look at hiring a coach, almost like training to quit drinking. You, you're hiring your coach who has experience. You're, you know, there's a lot of things. The first year is really tough because once you make it through, you know, making it through all the holidays and, uh, you know, holidays, uh, your first wedding, you know, making it through all those firsts. The second time that you do it is always easier, right? And so having a coach on your side that understands the, you know, the dopamine and the path, neural pathways and how to start creating those is just, it's really cool. And one of the, one of the things that I, that I first learned from this naked mind that was probably a big game changer to me was about your neural pathways, because, you know, a good way to look at it that in simple terms is um, say you take the same trail every single day, 
that's going to be a blazed trail to the same destination. So when you're drinking every day and then you're like, okay, I'm not going to drink every day anymore. And you go to that first day of not drinking, that trail is not blazed. And that's like your neural pathway. You haven't used that pathway yet. But if you pick that path and you take that trail, push hard to take that new trail, eventually that's going to be your blazed trail. And that's kind of how neural pathways work. And so that's one of the huge things that helped me find a lot of freedom in this naked mind is understanding those pathways and um, just, you know, being able to, uh, to almost understand what your body's going through versus just going through it is just super helpful. Super helpful. Um, I don't even know. Did I answer your question? Yes, 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 yes. So much good stuff there because yes, understanding your brain and how it works is probably even the first, the first couple steps of being able to take steps towards freedom so that you're prepared for the battle. You know, you're not bringing like a knife to a gunfight, you know, the context of what's going on. So I love that picture of, yeah, blazing the trail. We want new things. And I love even that verse, Romans 12, you know, let God transform your thinking. Literally, like in your brain, we need to transform these neural pathways and blaze new trails. I love that. And even you were talking about the, all of those firsts, so you're blazing the trail, all these first things like first holidays, first weddings. Um, I think that's huge to have a coach working with you through that. And I I can't speak to that enough, whether it's a coach specifically experienced in, you know, marriage things, or even in your realm with, with different substances that totally makes sense. How, if I wanted to become an expert or professional athletes, they have coaches that are telling them what Mm -hmm. to do to be the best in their field. Well, if I want to have the best marriage, or, you know, you have goals, you want to have the best of free life, then yes, of course, we want somebody who's been there and done that to show us the trail and, and which way to go. Yeah. So, yeah that's well, and, and with that said, it's like, for instance, like, and it's so the sobriety, I like to call it a journey. It's a journey in a different way than say a typical, like a, a, like the way the AA would consider it a journey is different than I'm considering it a journey because I feel like AA does have a lot of willpower involved and uh and there is some higher spirit I guess you could say part of that too but it's kind of like your chosen higher spirit which I don't love that um but with that said I like to call our sobriety a journey because life's a journey and we're going to constantly be learning and growing and life is hard sometimes. And there is sometimes where, you know, you're maybe you're at your third sober wedding and that one might feel a little bit harder than maybe the first one felt, but that's life. <laughs> like, and it doesn't mean we cave to our desires either every single time. So I do like to consider, you know, starting your journey out with the coach, though, I feel like is super helpful, because getting through that first wedding, like, for instance, I actually love I I learned, I started doing this at the last wedding that I went to, I accepted the champagne toast, I took the champagne with no intention of drinking it, and I didn't drink it. But I took it when they were passing it around, it is way less 
um, it's way less embarrassing to be like, no, thanks. Then it is to just, it, it's easier to say yes than no. So accepting the champagne, toast, set it down. No one even notices. Like that is a great little, like, I just thought that was so cool. I'm like, that works so great. I need to, I need to put that in my toolbox. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. One little tip that, yes, like you said, the journey, you know, you're learning things as you go, but I think this goes back to something we've talked about before with identity. And even thinking back to your gym example, there's a difference of saying, I'm going to try to work out, you know, or, oh, I just, I have this plan and I, I want to do this versus starting to tell yourself, I am an athlete. I am a runner. You know, I am taking care of my body. I, I am more fit. And so I think it's very important what kinds of words we use because either they can add to the shame, which we talk about a lot, or they can be our motivation for growth. So mm -hmm. what lessons have you learned around that identity? And again, thinking about our brain, like switching our mindset to say, this is who I am today. All of this was in the past. You know, and what you just said totally reminds me of, I was about a year sober and I was still trying so hard to show myself grace and forgive myself. And at that point, my faith, I, I've always, um, I've always believed in God, but I've, I, for a really long time did not obey God. So when I was trying to forgive myself and trying to show myself grace, it just wasn't happening for me. I needed to ask God for forgiveness. And then what he says is I'm wiped clean and I don't have to feel that shame and that guilt anymore. And so that was a huge part of letting go. And I, and I, I'm the first one to admit, like I tried to do that myself, but we are wiped clean by him, not, not by us or the world or what other people think about us. And, um, and I, I truly believe that God was by my side the entire time that I was in my addiction. Um, he was in, he was in the background. Like I, like I said, I never did believe in him, but I wasn't obeying. And so, uh, instead of now living in the shame of every once in a while, I still have some thoughts. Like, I can't believe you did, <laughs> did that Ashley, but I can show why I'm like, okay, but you're forgiven and it's okay. Um, and I, and I truly believe that he let me make all those choices knowing I was going to wake up and, and come around and I was going to be able to help so many people get out of that deep, dark pit that alcohol puts so many people every day, every year, forever and ever in. We are sold this lie from society that alcohol is the elixir of life. And actually, it's an addictive poison that we are, that we are being sold that lie about that ruins and destroys lives. And yeah, God has wiped that shame away. And I know like you're, uh, you know, your coaching shame is a huge part of your, you know, your coaching and helping people get to a point where they can move on and move forward. And that is just, it's so, it's so, so neat. Yeah. Yeah. And what you just talked about right there is 
what fascinates me every time we get talking and I'm like, we speak the same language, just in two different situations. Because yeah, I wholeheartedly agree that it starts with, I have to fall on my face before God and say, you know, I am sorry for choices, should not have done those things. Can you, God, put the pieces back together and help me move forward? And it's only, it's not by my willpower. It is only by God's grace that I can start that. But it starts with calling, calling out the truth. Like you just said, the the elixir versus like poison. And Mm -hmm. yeah, speaking truth and calling things exactly what it is, but then being able to receive God's forgiveness, receive it, but then give it to myself as well. And so one thing for me has even been those labels. I remember asking my counselor one time, I said, I, how do I wrap this in my head? Like, what, what do I call myself? I was basically saying, what's my identity now? And she said, you know, you were lost and now you are found. I said, oh, that makes so much sense. Dude. I've heard this story <laughs> how many times before, but now that makes sense to say, I have a, a past identity, but a brand new identity. I'm found now. So are there specific words that you use or stay away from? Um, because yeah, I know labels are, are easy. It's easy to get stuck under a label. Oh, yeah. I'm this or I'm that. And sometimes how we talk to ourselves and the labels we give ourselves can either hurt us or help us. Mm-hmm. So do you have any specific words that you use? Yeah. So a word that I'll mention here in a second actually kept me for so long from getting sober because I did not, I did not want to call myself an alcoholic. That meant so many bad things to me. Like that meant like I had a problem. That meant I had to call myself that for forever. That meant I probably had to write it on every document I ever signed. Like Ashley, what is the saying in A? It's like, my name's Ashley and I'm an alcoholic. Like I did not want to do that. And I thought that I had to. And so I did quit drinking. I was like, I'm not going to call myself that. It's really disempowering. So that's, um, that is a word that you will never hear me call myself. And I will never refer to one of my clients or a friend who used to drink. I will never refer to them as an alcoholic. And it's just really interesting because I was actually thinking about this this morning, how, you know, I had my one year anniversary of um, no nicotine. And at the end, so I started out with smoking when I was 18 and then I ended vaping and I don't walk around calling myself a vapeaholic. I don't vape anymore. Right. So why do, why do I, and it's the same with alcohol. Like I don't drink anymore. So why do I have to walk around calling myself that? Well, guess what? I don't. There's a lot of things that society teaches us that are wrong, that we just all go with the flow and just do this thing. And I am right now all against like stopping that flow. (laughs) Like actually there's a different way to do it. Um, so that, that word is definitely like the word alcoholic can be so, um, almost harmful versus helpful that I do not use that word in my practice at all. So that's really the only like word I would say that I really stay away from. Um, Some people like addiction is kind of maybe falls under that category a little bit. But anyway, yeah, just just alcoholic is a word you won't hear Ashley Silver Coach using. 
Right. I love that. Yeah. And that's what sets you apart. You know, I feel more, I don't know, seen and like loved and cherished because I know that not, not that I have struggled with alcohol, but knowing that you're careful with your words. Wow. Like she has a lot of respect for people because she's careful about what, what you say about them. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think the same for me prior to my sobriety day, if you will, I I did not, I also did not want to give myself any sort of label. It was that denial and that, no, that like, this isn't really what's going on. And that was part of my story of coming clean and confessing was being able to put a label on there of what it had been, what had been in my past, but now saying, yes, I'm free from that. That is no more. But then I started to learn about all of the different labels that are out there. And there is a balance, I think of having vocabulary, being able to have conversations about this world that you're living in. But again, talking, using the vocabulary as opposed to labeling yourself something and then holding yourself back. Yeah. I like that word disempowering. It it does not encourage me if I'm sitting in that shame and that guilt, even with, with the words I'm using. Yeah. Another point that comes up about that is like in conversation with people, if somebody offers me a drink, I'm not going to say, oh, I don't drink anymore because Mm -hmm. that's almost saying something about me too. I'm just going to say, no, thank you. Right. Because why should, you know, it's almost like if you, and it's another society thing. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. There's so much society around alcohol. People automatically assume that you had a problem, you know, versus just being like, no, thank you. And like, how easy is that? Would you like a drink? Sure. I'll take a glass of water. Yeah. Right. Right. Like tell people yeah, how people should be looking at you or thinking of you and, oh, she drinks water. She must be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She must be hydrating for that race she's running. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Oh, oh yeah. Words are so powerful. Yeah. So I'll just ask then if somebody is struggling either themselves or their spouse, because I know sometimes alcohol plays a part, even, even when it comes to infidelity or affairs if somebody is looking for help with alcohol or nicotine, what is a way that they could connect with you to get started on that journey? Yeah. So I do have, um, my Instagram is ashley.sobercoach. So that's really easy. Um, I also do have a biography. Um, I don't use my website a ton, but it's totally a place where you could check out and at least learn a little bit more about me. Um, that is holyhopecoaching.com. Um, yeah, but that's about, I, I use, I pretty much do most of my coaching, uh, stuff through meeting people through Instagram. So ashley.silvercoach would be perfect. Yes. Yeah. And I'll link those in the show notes. So they'll, they'll have the actual links to click on. Um, but yeah, I, that's so powerful because I know that being sober can save marriages, you know, as opposed to not dealing with problems that, that could affect marriage as well. And so I love the work that you're doing and yeah, so many similarities, um, ways that we, we both want to help people and a couple different, couple different avenues, but they intersect so well together. So I appreciate you sharing everything that you've learned with me. Yeah. Thank you. Great to be here. Hey mama. I hope today's episode encouraged your heart. If you need to talk about this some more, would you send me a message at ChristinaJoyCoaching.com? 
Also, please take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It thrills my heart to know this podcast is helping you heal your heart so you can shed the shame of your affair. I am cheering for you, and I can't wait to hear your story. I'll meet you back here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for another episode. As always, be clothed with strength and dignity and laugh without fear of the future.